This is Real Podcast News, America's least fake news source. Today's episode of Real Podcast News is brought to you by Growl Grill. They say over time, people and their dogs start to look alike. But what if you have a grill? They don't make grills for dogs, except now they do. From the good people over at Rapacity Pharmaceuticals brings you Growl Grill. Get your dog's mouth the swag it deserves. Hello, faithful listeners. I'm Beth Allen, and this is Real Podcast News. The liberal media is out of control, always telling people what to do and what to think. That's why more people than ever trust conservative news outlets. We never tell people what to think, or even to think at all. Just when you thought the libs couldn't control any more of the airwaves, I made an unfortunate discovery. It has become very apparent to me that the TV show Cutthroat Kitchen has a liberal bias. First off, like all liberal bastions, Cutthroat Kitchen has an affinity for identity politics. There are episodes where as few as two out of the four chefs are white. You're telling me the producers have never once found four amazing white chefs to have on the same episode? I find that hard to believe, especially when the Western world practically invented cooking and throat cutting. It also strikes me as suspicious that out of the 15 seasons of Cutthroat Kitchen, they only have seasons 4 through 10 on Hulu. What are they hiding? In season 8, episode 7, Tika Me Alton, the liberal biases are on full display. Starting off with the plucky young female chef, Chef Corinne, who has this annoying, overzealous, can-do attitude that modern feminism teaches young women. She actually has the gall to think that she doesn't need a blender to make a smoothie. I usually like seeing women in the kitchen, but not like this. Not like this. And of course, the judge decides to act Chef Doug, obviously because he was a white man with a big gray beard. That close-minded old lib must have assumed he was conservative because of his appearance. I know I did. To add insult to injury, Chef Doug had to make his smoothie while doing yoga, the most leftist, leisure activity the libtard producers could come up with. He even comments that he's not the kind to do yoga. We know you're not, Chef Doug. You're a real American. Then we are down to just three chefs, the insufferable Chef Corinne, Chef DeMarco, who, if I didn't know any better, would assume he was there for affirmative action, if you know what I mean, and Chef Rocky, the last white man standing. I don't know for a fact that his views lean conservative, but if I were a betting woman, I would say he is because of his strong jawline and the shape of his skull. But then, to my surprise, Chef Corinne was the second chef eliminated. Could I have been wrong? There's a first for everything. Maybe Cutthroat Kitchen is not another cesspool of liberal mediocrity. Maybe they actually do pick the best chef instead of relying on feel-good identity politics. Then came the last round. It was announced that they would be making chicken tikka masala, and all soy boy Alton Brown had to make some low-IQ comment about how it's a British dish inspired by Indian cuisine. You see what he's getting at, right? He's using his platform to shove some white guilt colonialism apology tour down our throat. It should cause no one any surprise what happened next. They eliminated the handsome white man I liked even though his tikka masala clearly had the better consistency. Before the show ends, it's worth mentioning that not a single winner has ever said they would donate their prize money to the NRA, any pro-life charities, or any other great conservative causes. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they would purposely keep down anyone who would. Now you can call me paranoid or a partisan hack or a white supremacist, and many people do, but I've been Beth Allen, and this, this has been Real Podcast News.